0: Where the Whiteboards are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Hey, welcome to our podcast. Uh, today we decided we wanted to uh, talk about our daily routines to see, you know, what we have in common, what's different. And uh, it's a little bit of a longer episode because, you know, we all have our own routines. But I wanted to go ahead and give everyone a bit of a disclaimer. I get a little excited shall we say with uh, my hands sometimes i beat the table sometimes i'm tapping the microphone i'm a fidgety person uh so i i apologize if that's uh, not your uh, not your type of asmr but uh just be ready for it when it happens
1: what do teachers actually do what is, what is your day week month year actually look like i scroll a
0: lot of tiktok uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're one of those
4: teachers. I, yeah.
0: Planning
1: hour?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> no. Um who wants to go first? Jacob.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> as is the very person different. that's not teaching currently. Right. Tell us about what your day used to be like. Oh. Uh, I was always of the mindset, like, I needed to get to school as early as possible to make sure I was ready for the day. So I think our first bell or first class started right around 740, I want to say. And I got to school, tried to be there by 630, definitely by seven for sure every day. Well, and I I really enjoyed that time because I needed it to kind of like get prepared mentally. But I also wanted to make sure I had every uh, everything I needed to be printed. I needed it to make sure it was actually Mm -hmm. there, all the technology. And then I was also the person that had kids showing up. Uh-huh. early, whether it was for uh scholar bowl practice or tutoring, which sounds like, Oh, you probably don't need that much time just to like get the day ready. But I found like you, I could never count on technology. Right. Um, and to print something like the night before there were times I did that, but still showing up early, just making sure I had everything ready and ready to go. Um, so that's every day I'm showing up, you know, possibly an hour early school day gets rolling and I don't think anybody has any questions about that. Um, my prep that I, I, you know, that was, I wasn't one to do a ton of grading during my prep period. I needed that time, like to answer emails, make phone calls, you know, if things weren't able to print or if I needed to change the game plan for later in the day, I, you know, kind of utilize that time, um, to, to do that. Uh, Sometimes it was just to go collaborate with other teachers, you know, go check my mailbox, but also make some visits and talk to people,
3: see um, other adults, right?
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, you spend all day with children, and uh-huh. you need some some adult time, have an adult conversation where you just have to <laughs> check to make sure that you're not crazy. You
2: yes, know? yes, <laughs> I,
4: you know, I think building relationships too is so important, like mm-hmm. for students. But you also have to do that with your coworkers, but you can't do that if you never go see mm-hmm. them because we're all busy teaching. So Right. Yeah.
1: By the time that I left education, I wasn't grading stuff every night. I tried to save one day a week to just do all the grading, especially when you have late work and things like that. It just, it didn't make sense to try to stay on top of it every single day. After school, I was that, that's what I was
3: going to ask. I was going to be like, Jacob, yeah. what time did you go home?
1: <laughs> so school's out, you know, 3.30 thirty-ish. I, I was usually in the parking lot for parking lot duty. Um, again, <laughs> more socially, just spend time with adults, mm-hmm. right? And also be outside, not in a room with no windows. <laughs> uh, but I was easily at school till five or six, almost every single night. You know, on a Friday, I might roll out of there by four or 4.30, but that was... Even then, that was pretty unusual. I mean, there's just a massive amount of time, and I think you guys can probably even address it. Like, you know, your weekends, you're still, like, constantly thinking, you're researching lessons or topics, preparing or answering emails from parents, and the idea of, like, having a summer off doesn't, doesn't really exist, so...
3: Bold of you to assume that I'd talk to parents on a weekend though. Very bold. <laughs> I
2: mean
1: maybe that's one of my weaknesses cuz I like I thought it was noble or the right thing to do to make myself available at any time. But then I found myself being available all the time, which is stupid. And I was like, why am I getting text messages after midnight from a parent? Why are you getting? Well, because <laughs> it was really important to mm-hmm. them. And that's no one else. <laughs> <laughs> those things yeah, important no. Too.
4: I think that's changed with the times, though, too. Because if somebody had called me on a weekend 15 years ago, yeah, that would have been important. Like they would right. not have just talked to me for no good reason. And now it's anything and everything is fair game. And so, yeah. And then the technology that you're available through all of those apps or, or even just text messaging is. Is insane.
3: Well, and I go through that with my students at the start of the year how I'm not going to respond to their personal email to me after I leave the school building. And they'll be like, What? What if I have questions? And I'm like, That's why we have class time together during the day. You are not entitled to my evening time. And I think when I started teaching, I don't think I was like that. But since pandemic has happened, I'm very, these are my times. And I might still be choosing to work on school things in that time, but I am not at your summoning. It's my personal space time, which I think is important.
1: How did you arrive at that? Like, was that just something you came up on? Like you kind of set that boundary yourself.
3: Yeah. Well, personally, I'm not really great at technology based communication anyway. Like I don't enjoy getting text messages from people and not to say like, if somebody texts me, I'm just like miserable about it, but it's just hard for me to actually prioritize that type of communication. It just doesn't feel very like authentic and it almost feels burdensome. Like I'm just trying to live my life. And now I have to like stop what I'm doing to also address this person who can summon me at any time. And so since I don't even enjoy that very much in my personal relationships, it definitely created like a substantial drain on my just like mental health and happiness being called on to respond to parents and students at any point in the day. So establishing that boundary for myself has made me like a lot
5: happier in terms of communication. Good on you. Thank you. I definitely struggled with that for a long time. I still do when it comes to checking my emails. And I, of course, have my emails on my phone. And so then I instantly am checking it. And there have been times in my own personal relationship with my fiance where he's gotten mad at me for checking my phone. You know, Mm -hmm. because he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, well, this kid needs this or this parent needs this. Um, And so that's something I struggle with a lot is to put my phone away and leave school at school. I think that's a big struggle. I continue to struggle with.
3: Well, and I also think part of it too, is like good for whoever is messaging you. Like if you are constantly immediately available, I think it generates this sense of urgency and franticness. Sometimes people are more aggressive via their communication versus if I can convince you that we're all in this together and like, it's not that big of a deal and it can wait 24 hours or until we get back at school. I think that's like a healthier place for everybody. So whoever is like, contacting me has time to just, like, relax. You don't always have to be working on your schoolwork at 1 in the morning. Like, don't do it. You know, stop, stop and have some time for yourself as a person, too. So I think it's better for everybody to less with the communication outside of school time. Anyway, does anybody want to know how I spend my day? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been different depending on um, places that I'm at. So I think we talked about last time how I've been in a new school for the last two years. Um, last year, I had even less to do at that new school, so my day looked kind of different than it does now. Um, unlike Jacob, I try to arrive at the moment that I have to. Um, so for me, <laughs> for me, that is 730. Um, last year, I was really into trying to get there earlier, but our school, as part of um, COVID precautions, lets students come into our room as soon as they arrive in the building. Um, And I found that that allowance is also very taxing because you don't have that individual setup time unless I get there so early. And I'm just not I work an hour away. I'm not going to be there that early. It's not going to happen. So instead, I was like, we'll just let that go. It's just not important to us. So we get there at 730 um, and then I have two classes and a prep. Kind of like Jacob said, I don't ever grade on my prep unless there's something that like the kids need feedback for us to be able to proceed with whatever we're doing that day. Mostly it's like setup time, look over materials, kind of address what we're going to do for the week. Communication happens in that window. And and then I have the rest of my classes and study hall. Um, I would say I go home somewhere around 430 probably each day. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have Scholar Bowl practice, so I'm there for that. Um, Sometimes we have speech practice after school. We have speech on the weekends. Um, And then the weekend time is really when I do my, like, everything that I feel like I need to do to be a successful teacher. So that's when I spend my time grading. It's when I plan for the week. It's when I actually make, like, our start of week materials. And that way, everything through the week is just, like, adjustment, since it's so much of the, like, go, 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 everyday time.
5: So that's my like average week space. I think you also need to include the fact that you are a doctoral student. Yeah, but that's like not school's fault. No, but, <laughs> but, I, do think, but I do think it's still part of your school day, right? It is. Yes. You know, because you have to get online mm-hmm. to, you know, to do those things. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely part of your day.
3: I also teach for like another school district virtually. Which is part of my day as an individual, but again, isn't like directly related to my contract time with my main school district. So that's like a separate.
0: You are always great.
3: Well, English is always grading.
0: (laughs) I, I, yeah. And I get that. It just, that's where it's my job to take care of the house and the
3: dogs. (laughs) Thank you.
0: (laughs) That's what I did this morning
3: before I came here. We had some time to grade things.
0: Yeah. I played video games. So (laughs) (laughs) Band director life. What can I say? So what does your band director day look like? Uh, band director day. Um, yeah, I get up at five to walk the dogs. Um, but Thank you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not getting to school until between 715, 730 um, as well. And, you know, it's hit the ground running because I have seventh grade band first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> And it's just really weird, you know, I know you guys didn't talk about your classes really, but like, I'm going to go ahead and complain about the fact that they have me teaching history. You're welcome it's such a different teaching headspace to like go like, oh, I'm teaching band. I'm teaching music appreciation second hour. Now it's U.S. history. And it's like, it's like doing a full 180 with like the way that I'm approaching classroom management, like how, like the pedagogy itself, what am I teaching? How am I teaching? And it just like it's jarring in a way. Um, and then, so it's US history and then psychology, um, and psychology is similar enough that like that transition is fine, but then it's into high school band. And you know, I didn't realize this, but the last couple of years have been like really nice because it was, uh, I had like some whatever classes, like my first year, it was, uh, I had planned first hour and then a music appreciation and then a jazz band. You know, so there I'm I'm in ensembles, I've talked about music, I'm in ensemble, and then it's sixth grade band, high school band, seventh grade band. So it was just like, here you go. Like, it, we're in music, we're in rehearsal time. And then um, the last hour of the day was uh, just like an online class or whatever, because they wouldn't let me teach like an AP music theory, because I don't have my master's. Um, but now that I have to do this, like flip in the middle of the day and then flip back, it's like weirdly more exhausting. So by the time I get, now my planning hour is seventh hour. By the time I get there, I won't lie. Sometimes I just need a nap, you know, like I need a second to decompress and like think about like what happened today and what has to happen before I leave. Um, I spend way more time than they ever told me about my undergrad, uh, copying music, you know, thankfully my cooperating teachers and my student teaching actually made sure that I knew how to use a copier to copy music and like the special settings in the copier that I have to use, because it's not just putting a piece of paper in the copy machine. You have to like account for the size of the everything else. But, um, 93% is the magic number, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that they, they made me do that in my student teaching because there there's not like nothing in the undergrad actually sets you up for, Hey, this is what you will be doing as the band director. I'm like, I spend like in any given, like, say there's, you know, four hours of planning period every week, at least two of those hours is like copying music, at least at the beginning of the semester. You know, once we get closer to concert time, like all the music's already out, so I'm not doing it then. But like so much of my time, just making sure that like I have the right part assignments and everything else like that. So besides that, it's like filling out purchase orders and it's uh, making sure that administration has my bus requests and making sure that like, you know, all the administrative stuff that goes behind like running a band program. So the fact that I do now have like the U.S. history and psychology like grading to worry about, you know, it's like I assign grades in band, but it's very much so on the fly, on the spot, like right then and there instead of what I have to take home in order to get it done, because I can't do it during the day. But then after school, um, I typically have students who stay for after school lessons. I always have an hour worth of lesson slots open every day that kids can sign up for. Typically have a few, there's always some sixth graders who are real like driven, real motivated. They love band. They just want to like do it as much as possible. So pretty occupied there. Um, Right now in the winter season, uh, there's pep band to worry about, which is its own hurdle because as much as I don't necessarily want to spend my evening at a basketball game, I don't care about most of the (laughs) band also doesn't, but the difference is they are children who are not contractually obligated to be there. (laughs) So Then then it's like this, like never ending battle to convince the band, Hey, this is one of our obligations and like school spirit and like your community is looking at you and you're making us look bad when nobody shows up and like all this other stuff. But that's extra, that's whatever that's on top of it. Right. And uh if we are fortunate and our AD only scheduled three games, I get to go home around well, Pep Band is done between 8 30 and 8 45. Inevitably there's one or two students that don't call their parents until we're done. Ah <laughs> <Hi>, yes. <laughs> and so then I get to wait an extra 30 minutes for them to get picked up because I refuse to leave them unattended outside of the Which school. Which is good. Cool. Go you. No, i uh, not nobody else in my school seems to care about that. Anyways. <laughs>
4: Eric has some duets. Right. Isn't that amazing?
0: Well, the fact that, like, people will just, like, I have watched other coaches drive away when their athletes were still standing outside the building. I'm like, what are those kids doing? Like, they are outside of this building. Like, anything could happen to them. I understand this is like Podunk, like, backwoods, Missouri, and like, what's going to actually happen? But also, Things can happen. You also, even if they just
3: do something, like say nothing happens to them, right. the children take it upon themselves to go do something. The, in the that option
0: time. is now there for
3: that is know. all under your supervision.
0: So what that means, though, is on days that I have pep band, let's see, I get to school at 730 and I'm not leaving until at times 930 and then it's a 30 minute drive home. So, you know, you're looking at 13, 14 hour days on the regular. And that's not whenever I have district band on the weekends, whenever it doesn't get canceled because of snow, um, (laughs) district band or like a band, large ensemble festival or like something like that, which are all day events on like Saturdays or, you know, Mondays, days off or days that I would typically have off. Um, don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm complaining a lot. Don't get me wrong. I I love what I do with the music. You know, it's just, it's it's a huge time commitment, huge time commitment.
3: Well, and I think that's like a valuable um, message if it's like, if somebody is listening to this, who's thinking about going into teaching, just love of your content is not enough. Like there is so much practical, you're essentially in charge of 120 people every day. And like that's managerial leadership on top of content leadership and instruction. Mm -hmm. So it is worth mentioning that that does create a
0: strain. Yeah. So that's, that's typical day for me right now, at least.
5: Well, yeah, I, it's interesting because I just started at a new school this year. So for me, I have no responsibilities. (laughs) Um, So it is wonderful. Um, I'm loving my teaching career right now, simply because I don't have any extra duties, like not a one. And so I go to Sam frequently and go, what do you need me to do? How can I help you? What do you need? What do you need? Can I bother you during your prep? (laughs) Thank you. Um, so that's kind of what I end up doing, but I also work an hour away from my school. So I, you know, am getting up at 5 a.m. Oh yeah. Um also have dogs, all of that kind of stuff too. So and then I get to school at 7:30. Um, and then I leave by four and then it's an hour drive depending on traffic sometimes that takes an hour, hour and a half if i if i hit traffic wrong um and then i go home and i can go work out and go hang out with my significant other and cook dinner and do all these things that i hadn't done for the past 9 years um cuz before this at my old school I was in charge of a lot of things and wore lots and lots of hats. So my day was kind of similar to Eric's in a lot of ways in terms of being in charge of basketball concessions. So I'd be there with kids working, feeling a little bit like I'm working at a fast food restaurant. (laughs) Well, Uh, you are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) you really are. Um, Feeling a little bit like... And not a very good one. No, <laughs> no a really, a really bad one. really not bad one. Was bad. I wouldn't eat anything. Really inefficient. <laughs> I wouldn't eat anything from a concession um, stand, knowing Except what I know to. now. Um, unless you have to, yeah. <laughs> um, those hot dogs are not all real meat. Like, just, <laughs> just be aware of that. Okay, um, <laughs> hey, that's a risk anybody takes when they eat a hot dog. That's true. Like, you're that's making true. your choices that's as an individual. <laughs> you're, you're right, you're right. Uh, you know, and so my Saturdays would be spent. Buying concessions, and if there was a snow day or any sort of weather or pop up tournament that got rescheduled, um, I would be responsible for all that purchasing during the basketball season, and so it became a lot of logistics. It's a lot of trying to figure out how many hot dogs will you sell in three and a half hours (laughs) Um, if it's if it starts at four o'clock, you might sell five hundred hot dogs if it starts at you might only sell 250 hot dogs and it sounds like a bad math word problem oh it's it's, it was a lot of that jacob
3: has to buy 400
5: (laughs) it's that watermelon it's that watermelon problem
0: 30
4: watermelons 40 watermelons in her back seat
5: well i just imagine i just imagine the people at sam's club watching me spend like a thousand dollars on nacho cheese hot dogs and hot dog buns and wondering like what Duggar family is she, Was like, she here is last responsible week? for? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, and it got to the point where I knew every aisle. So I knew which ones I needed to go down and i knew you know what i needed to grab and all that kind of stuff so
4: you
1: would hear them whisper as you walked in oh it's hot dog lady <laughs> okay
4: not but joking. didn't you as you wheeled it through sam's club like you felt the judgment of the people with lettuce and vegetables <laughs> like, oh, oh my god is that what you're feeding your family? oh me? yeah that is horrible like, oh no yeah. not really but or, if you want a t-shirt this is i i supervise concessions <laughs> that's why i'm here my favorite
3: part is it's what she's feeding other families <laughs> not her that's right. Right, right. That's right. this it's is where everybody's children
5: <laughs> or you know you buy the big thing of popcorn kernels and then it splits open as you're taking the <laughs> the cart through Sam's Club on a Saturday morning it's the best part and i drive a very small vehicle so it was always a logistic problem to just fit everything into my car um, i could not ever see out my back window um and buns were everywhere just (laughs) lots and lots of hot dog buns Buns.
1: thank you for clarifying (laughs) 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 Uh,
5: but yeah so my day is a lot cushier now i'm a lot happier because it's a lot cushier are you trying to suggest
3: that when you were in your undergraduate, you didn't take the class where they teach you how to run a concession stand and how to <laughs> Tetris it all into your car?
5: You, you know, you didn't take that course. I, I sure did not. Or how to like <laughs> the teacher plan, was really cool. Or how to plan a prom that is Enchanted Forest uh, without any trees. That's yeah. <laughs> my personal favorite, personal best. Um, I forgot about that. that yeah, funny. that is that is my favorite prom <laughs> ever. Um, but yeah, no, you don't take any classes on. That's Any so of these silly things or how many sour Skittles you will sell <laughs> out of the pack of, oh yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah.
4: I was very much a show up at the very last minute um, because I'm not a morning person. And that 20 minutes I used to get to school was like my, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I need to, what needs to happen. Yep. I'm good. Um, and I, I taught history and geography and, and so that was very structured. I knew what I had to teach. I knew when I had to teach it. I knew what I needed to test for. Um, so it was, it was very methodical. I was, I was fine with that. And and I liked the structure. But then I moved to the library two years ago. <laughs> and I, my life is not my own. I I don't know what I'm doing most days at this point. I I literally walk in. Thank God the custodian likes to, open the door because I'm on door duty every morning at the front because everybody like yours, your school, everybody's in their classrooms because that's where the kids go, unless they come to breakfast. So um I supervise breakfast and then I go down and I open my library. I check out loner computers and and type in the AR password. And sometimes I have classes in there. Sometimes I am going to a classroom to sub because we don't have subs and and somebody has to do it. Um, I don't have a lot of time. I have less time this year with students as, as ELA classrooms, because they combined reading and ELA into one class period instead of two. So I don't even have a designated library time for each grade level. Most, most weeks, which is frustrating for me. Um, so I still try to collaborate with teachers and, and a lot of times I have to reach out to them like, Hey, what do you need? Are you doing this? How can I help? Um, so a lot of that comes very spontaneously. They'll, they'll just contact me and say, Hey, how can I have this? Do you, do you know where I can get this? And so I'm, I'm searching for materials a lot of the time. Um, and then I'm, I'm also the assistant AD. So I didn't know that. Yes. Hey, Uh (laughs) um, which my AD is great. Don't get me wrong. He does a lot of stuff that I don't have to do, but, um, I also work a lot of games. If they're home, I work the, I work the table with the score clock and the, and the scorebook and announce and run the music. Um, unless the band is there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I sing
4: the anthem if the band's not there. Um, so nine o'clock walking out is a good day. If I'm home by nine, something something was amazing. We only had one game and nobody died, you know? Um, so I, I think a lot of that, that starts at five o'clock, five 30 most nights. And so I'm, I'm away from home and during tournament week. I, I think I left the earliest I left was nine 30. Otherwise it was 10 30. So I was getting home at 11 and going to bed just so I could get up and do it again the next day. So
0: that's so crazy. I feel bad. Like, Asking and this is this is like compounds my issue that I've been having with the pep band this year. I feel bad asking kids to stay at a basketball game that none of us at our core actually care about until something like 930 or 10 o'clock at night when we have school the next day, you know, and it just seems like there's this very like, oh, that's just what we do. That's just expected is the is the is the feeling that I get from administration or at least from our athletic director. It's like, well, it's a basketball game. Of course, we're out till 1030, 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. I'm like, uh, okay, well I'm going to let my kids go even though it's only halftime because they have school tomorrow. So.
4: And, and don't you think if, if you had other groups that came to support you at your band competitions and such, maybe that trade-off would not be as, hard to ask for of your students, but you know, the football team and the basketball team is not going to go to a Saturday band competition and root you on. So I I feel like there's that disconnect, like we're here supporting these people.
0: It's very one, but
4: where's ours? I I think that's really a hard culture item to fix. its And it's been that way for a long time. No. And
0: I know it's not unique to, our communities, you know, like it's, that's kind of an everywhere thing.
4: I think though too, like me and one other person are, are literally the only people that work those games um, at home. And if we're absent, it's a, it's a disaster. <laughs> you know, right. like we were, she was sick during the tournament and it was five days in a row, four o'clock till, you know, it was four games a night. It was, it was a marathon and you know, she's like, I probably should have stayed home, but I felt bad doing that to you. And I'm like, well, I understand that. Thank you for wearing your mask. I really appreciate it. Let's Mm -hmm. just get through this. Um, But, but I don't think people do that. And I go because I do like it. That has not always been the case, but I do like it. But I also am seen. And I think there are a lot of teachers, especially in my building that I work in, they do not believe in showing up after School hours. They mm-hmm. do not want to go to places. They do not want to be seen by parents and kids. I don't. Blame and the relation, but the relationship that you have, even with those difficult ones, is so much easier because they saw that you took your time to be there. Um, so classroom management for me really was a lot easier because I did that. And I know it was my personal time, but at the same time, it helped with my job on a daily basis. So, but that's very different nowadays our new teachers don't want to be coaches. They, they don't want to, they don't want to sponsor groups and and do things after hours. And it's a strain on those of us still around that, that have that philosophy.
1: Being on the other side of education now, um, having left it and gone into business for myself, you know, it's easy for me to look back and be like, man, I was, I did it all wrong. You know, like, because I definitely have that. I like, I feel like I had this very unhealthy relationship. Like if I just, well, one, I defined myself as a teacher. Like that mm-hmm. was my personality. But then I would also get upset when people would be like, well, you're just a teacher. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's kind
1: of, that's kind of neurotic. Um, but, but like what you said, like being at those things, creating those events, hosting those events, being there for the kids and the community, it really did make your job easier.
4: And we had, we had this tournament and it. there were three of us, four of us really, but three of us, the main, there was a coach and then the AD and myself. The hospitality room had to be done. It had to be done right. You wanted to treat your, your officials correctly. You wanted to make sure that your coaches and bus drivers were taken care of. The concession stand was up and running and, and ready to go and they didn't run out. Um, And that was all for pride of purpose for the school district. It wasn't a, I didn't care if anybody said, Dina, you did a great job. It was more of a, we want pleasant hope to look good. We want people to want to come back here. We want to make this a bigger, better event every year if we can. And it's just a, it's hard to explain that. And only people in the business get it. You know, like when your officials say, oh gosh, thanks a lot. That, that was great. This is the best place. I love coming here. That is, that is something important to, to you as somebody that organizes something like that. So.
1: Well, for me, and I, I don't know that I really addressed it talking about my normal day, but you know, a lot of times I, you know, it was interactions with students. I was there early or late because of students. And sometimes it's just like they need to decompress and they don't have anywhere else to go. And it's like, I, you know, I want to be that safe space for them. And i and I want to be that mentor and inspire them and all those things that I got into education for, but those things also weigh heavy at times, you know, when they talk about their struggles or the things that they're dealing with or that they've seen or that they've heard at school. And you know, those, those things you can't, or for me anyways, I struggled to leave them in the building. Um, And it's, you know, it, it really, for me personally, it affected my own personal relationships with my wife, you know, like, because she's not there and, you know, I don't also don't want to burden her with some of those things, but then I feel like, well, you you won't understand because you don't have all the backs you know, and it just, it's a lot. There's a lot of those things. Well, I was mature enough to understand like, okay, that's going to be part of being an educator. Nobody talks about it.
4: Because you can't, you, by law, you are, you you cannot just vent to somebody else unless they are one of the people that know about it as well. It's disheartening.
1: You know, in pre-service, you know, it's, and then especially as a special education teacher, like the expectation isn't there, like to be that mentor to students. It just, it, it wasn't, you know, that was kind of the leadership side of my education, um, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, there's so much, like most, I would say most parents don't realize the amount of time that we invest into their kids. And it's very personal, you know, their successes, we feel their failures. We feel we're not out to like hold people back by right, any means. Right. Like,
0: Well, the perspective on that can be a little skewed because the only ones you hear about are the ones who think you're doing it wrong, which might only be like two or three parents and the ones who do actually trust us as adults, like, which i I wish I could get more of. but, like, to trust us as adults as as the teachers in the room, you don't ever hear from them because they trust you as the adult, as the teacher in the room. And so sometimes you only ever hear from the the stinkers
3: well, and that's one of the nice things about like i I was the assistant a d. right? And when you are involved in the community like that, you get to hear from people who appreciate you. Like, I remember there was a game that I I was supervising and I yelled, I think, at the whole gym because, like, the sportsmanship was terrible. Um, Our student section and their student section were being very tense. Their parents, like the opposing team's parents, were being very aggressive. And I can't control what other people do, but I can control what my kids do. And so, like, I went to our student section and, like, essentially yelled at the entire student section. It was a rough game. But after it was done, I had several parents that came up to me and they were like, hey, I was really uncomfortable. And like, thank you so much for handling that. Like, it really made me feel good that at least here we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. Um, And so you get those like interactions with community members when you are in the community instead of just having like complaints that come to your mailbox.
0: So over the course of this conversation, we kind of have the two ends of the spectrum, right? Because you talked about reserving that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. But now we've also talked
2: technologically.
3: about
0: technologically. Yeah,
3: well, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't but, want your email stuff.
0: But now we're, <laughs> but now we're we're also talking about how important it is to to take your personal time and put it into you know the community so that you can be more successful in the professional time. You know, so I think I don't know. There's probably just a larger discussion to be had about finding that balance, right? Yeah, which yeah. Kind of drawing sure. the line
1: hey, and still. I would say I was. Very bad at that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but not to say that, you know, I think any success I had was because I was bad at it. I poured myself into what I did. And I think people benefited at my, you know, loss expense. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not noble. It's not. Like I I thought it was noble Mm -hmm. and it's not.
5: And I think that's where I am kind of on that middle ground where you are, Jacob, because I did feel that way. At the school I was at, but yeah, I feel like I am sort of trying to find that middle ground again, because the first couple of months at my new school, I was felt very lonely and I felt very, I don't have any connections. I don't have anybody like I have Sam, obviously, but I definitely didn't feel any connections to kids. Like I thought kids hated me. They don't like me. They're not warming up to me because at my old school, I had already established those relationships and, I, you know, you'd see him again and again and again, as opposed to a larger school where you might only ever see that kid one time and never again, you know. So I definitely feel like there's some some balance there. Am I happier in my personal life? Definitely. Do I feel like I'm being noble? I don't
4: know. I had a lot of my previous relationship spent being ignored because somebody wanted to talk to them at any time of the day. And there was no, nope, I'm not going to look at the phone. I'm not going to answer it. It, there was, it was always being interrupted. And so I think even though I do spend a lot of time at school and I do spend a lot of time at events, if I am somewhere else on my personal time right now, no. We went to dinner last night and I, if the phone would have rung, I would not have answered it. You know, and listen to my mother because that's an emergency. You, know, like, right, you yeah. never you want to be a not kid. listen to your mother. Um, what if something's happened? Right. Okay, um, but even I get emails after nine p.m. from the from the district, and I'm not. No, huh? I am. I will not look at that right now. That is absurd. Hopefully, it can wait until tomorrow morning, because that's ridiculous for you to think I need to be on my phone and answering an email at 9 PM or after like, and that was the magic number when I grew up, you would never call anybody after 9 PM unless it was an emergency. Um, cause you know, people were falling out of bed, panicking before they answered it. And I think that has still come through with how I do things now because I, I never want somebody that I'm choosing to spend time with outside of school to think, Oh, you don't care. Like I'm boring you. I'm not important. I, I don't think that's the way to build a healthy relationship outside of that, and and so it's hard as a teacher to to do that to find someone that understands that philosophy. Few and far between. Um, teachers almost need to marry teachers, just hey. just so you know, you know, like <laughs> or or somebody very understanding and open minded that that respects you for the for the job that you do and and understands that it takes a lot more than just seven thirty to three thirty.
3: I also, I don't know, so we don't have to go into this at this moment. I don't know how long we've been talking for, but I think like the, I think it lends to a conversation that I would feel really great if someday like countrywide, we could address about the structuring of a school day. Like Eric and I were just talking about this at our school district. We have a full-time AD. Like his job is just to be the AD, but I feel like his job is so unfair essentially I know he gets some perks being the AD, right? But he has to be there for the same time I have to be there. And then he's expected to attend essentially every event that he can. And it's a big enough school that he can't attend every event. But that doesn't mean he gets to choose not to attend at least one of them, right? Like other people have to go on to those other events and he's still at one. And I was talking to Eric, like, wouldn't it be so fantastic if he could set office hours during the day um that revolve around times that he has to come in and have his meetings um you know respond still to community issues email the people schedule the things but he can set his own office hours and then we acknowledge that really how he spends his time is on the weekend and after school and he doesn't have to be here from 7:30 to 3:30 every day
4: and on the road right it's yeah. it's not just home games yeah. right. you have to you also have to supervise right? away games mm-hmm. and our conference is huge some of our
3: schools like geographically huge. Some of our schools are legitimately two hours away from our actual school building and he lives in the community. So that's four hours of driving a day on top of everything else. And that's just like an example, right? If you're being the assistant AD, could the library live without somebody in the library for the first three hours? It might be able to, Or, like, you could have a break time. Some days,
4: that's true. It really is.
3: And you could have a break time, like, in the afternoon, or or if that's what you'd prefer, where you don't have to be at school because it's understood that you are dedicating your personal after-school time to make the community work. And I just think it'd be really nice if we, like, reevaluated the whole
5: concept of 8 to 3 school.
0: Reapproach the way we uh, conceptualize labor in yes, this country. But well, you have
5: summers off. You get paid right. summers
0: off. Oh, oh, still poverty wages, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my poverty. That, that, my wage is
4: so low that I have to find another job to supplement so I can actually, Live. I don't know, eat my school clothing when it comes. You know, yeah. that's,
1: we hear that and when we joke about it, but people don't realize that. Our paycheck is just divided out amongst 12 months. I only get paid
3: right. for nine months. <laughs> right. <Like> we're only <laughs> getting
1: paid That's actually for the time out. we're teaching. Yeah. And then they just give us paychecks for the year. Like,
3: And I don't get paid for the time I spend grading your kids' work right, yeah. or commenting on their stuff or like planning so that they're not just sitting in my room. Responding to your emails.
0: Thanks for listening as we hashed out our routines with one another. Everyone has their own routine idiosyncrasies and strategies that get them through the day. So we want to hear from you, the listener. If you have a unique routine to your day or an entertaining story of how your day got derailed that you'd like to share, drop us a line at WTWA at 277media.com. That's where the whiteboards are, but, you know, abbreviated. WTWA at (laughs) 277media.com. We'll share the ones that really stand out as examples of life as a teacher, with your permission, of course. Now tune in next time as we discuss our successes and positive experiences in the classroom.
5: Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are.
1: The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employees, school districts, or communities in which they work.